1: Tona International Speedway as 2023 kicks off with the traditional roar before the 24. I'm Shay Adam with Dipser Radio once again bringing you a slew of interviews, conversations and catch-ups with some of our favorite friends from across the Weather Tech paddock. We'll try and sneak in a couple of the Michelin pilot challenge contenders as well because we've got some familiar faces and some new ones running for that championship this year but let's kick things off in the media day center as is tradition where well we media get to go a little bit crazy and oh i've spotted our first driver school's back in session and uh, probably the last full season announcement to come out this year was Turner Motorsports. Patrick Gallagher full season in IMSA GTD. How the heck did this all come together?
2: Uh, You know it was a moving bid. I didn't know probably Christmas time uh, that I was even going to be racing in IMSA. I did some NASCAR stuff last year and just did the long races and uh, I was trying to look for for something to do as a silver in the long races or whatever and I don't know it just kind of like happened right uh quickly and late in the game but just super excited to be joining uh, Robbie for the full season uh Jens and Michael for the long races and uh see what Turner Motorsports is all about you know those guys look like they have a lot of fun and, and they put bring competitive race cars to the track so I'm just excited
1: they're a group that's yeah you're right they do like to have a lot of fun but you've raced against them for quite some time in Michelin Pilot Challenge on and off over the years How much have you envied them and their success in the past, and does that make you want to join them even more?
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, listen, they've been around forever. They've won a ton of championships, a ton of races. Um, Robbie and I have been best friends for 10 years, so I kind of get to talk to him on the back end after the races and stuff. And just a really solid program that's been here forever, going to be here for a long time, and just uh, super excited to be joining them after racing against them, you know, for so many years in the GS ranks, and uh, just couldn't be more excited.
1: You guys do have a similar background, you and Robbie, with the MX-5 Cup uh, coming up through Mazda. That's something close to our heart. How similar do you think your driving styles are going to be, given that that's how both of you learned?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we both kind of came up as CCA kids. Our dad raced as a hobby, and uh, we just kind of made it happen through uh, MX-5 Cup, and we both won some scholarships there that propelled our career. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that, that neither of us would be here without that uh, opportunity from them. Um, back Uh, More years than I'd like to admit, but it seems like yesterday. Um, Yeah, I think our driving style will be be good. I think, you know, we both have driven so much stuff over the years, from open-wheel cars to GT cars to Miatas and MX-5 Cup cars and stock cars and GT3 cars, GT4 cars. So I just got to get in the car. I haven't driven it yet. Uh, Get in the car, figure out what it needs. And nice to have uh, good teammates to lean on that have, have driven these things a bunch. So. Uh, they'll point me in the right direction and we'll uh, see uh, see where we end up here at the roar and just kind of get a feel for it headed into the rolex
1: yeah it's eight drivers for the gt3 cars because two cars for turner and with brunner spengler john edwards uh, jens klingman bill Oberlin robbie to lean off of that's a wealth of information
2: yeah i mean uh no doubt they're they've all been super helpful so far i'm, I'm super excited to to be joining those guys learn from them and uh just you know big opportunity for me uh and just super excited to uh to hopefully take full advantage of it and uh just just excited to get going you know all the all the paperwork's done and you know after today all the pictures and interviews will be done it'll be about driving a race car
1: this car is going to be very different very much more advanced than pretty much anything you've driven before i mean yeah you had the mclaren gt3 last year but that's an older spec car to the bmw m4 gt3 what are you looking forward to the most as far as creature comforts are concerned uh you know i
2: haven't thought about that um i i don't even know what to expect in terms of uh what it's going to be like on the inside i sat in it and went through all the buttons and stuff of course but uh creature comforts i couldn't tell you what exists in that thing as far as i don't even know you know i don't think they have ac but i'm not sure
1: i've heard the is really good in the bmw <laughs> yeah. so you should look forward to that
2: yeah i mean i guess um my, I remember last year I got cold for the first time in a race car, so hopefully it be a little warmer. And yeah. I might need to learn how to turn the AC off if it's, if it's that good.
1: You mentioned you did the long races last year, but, of course, you've got a background with Michelin Pilot Challenge. So you've been to pretty much all the tracks we go to this year, save for Long Beach. That's going to be a fun learning curve for you. W- which one is the one you're most excited for this coming season?
2: Uh, man, probably the next one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, obviously coming to Daytona at the beginning of the year, it's the biggest race. Uh, you you want to win this one, but also having a teammate like Robbie for the championship, we just got to focus on running good, you know, everywhere we go, finishing races um, to the best of our ability, maximizing each day. So I just, I, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I really do take it one at a time. I, I know we go to Daytona, Sebring, Long Beach, and I don't know what comes next after that, um, <laughs> So, yeah, just one at a time and try and maximize our potential. Uh, the guys at Turner will give us good cars. Me and Foley do our job um, in the sprint races, and then Michael and Jens in the long races, and we'll, we'll have a good season and see where we shake out, you know.
1: And you're in the white BMW for this weekend, the number 96. Just in case you were to get confused, a black one and a white one, thank you, Wilt, for making the liveries different. Good luck, Patrick. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, Brian Sellers, last January you weren't very busy. Uh, you weren't racing at Daytona. This year you are does it feel good to be back
3: yeah there's always something special about when you come to Daytona and it's not just the race it's the lead-up that goes along with it you know sitting here today going through the media days and it's it's funny you know it's been out of high school for a long time now but it's kind of like your first day back to school after summer vacation you know you come back you see all your friends all your you know the reporters the photographers people you haven't seen for quite a while talked to in quite a while and it um you, know, you get excited. It's the right way to kick off the season. Um, you know, and you, we missed that last year. You missed that kind of, that excitement, um, you know. So it is good to be back and looking forward to it.
1: You've got the same car that you ran all of last year. So you've got a good handle on it. I just talked to Patrick Gallagher, who's brand new to the BMW, and I said, what creature comforts are you looking forward to the most? What have you enjoyed the most over the 2020 se- 2022 season
3: about this BMW? I think they did a they did a very good job on a lot of things. Obviously, the car has been successful worldwide in its debut season. Um, but, you know, as a driver, one of the things you always look for is what do they do ergonomically for you to help make your job easier? And I think one of the things that they did really well was they took into... To, to consideration the driver comfort inside the car, and that you know if they can keep the driver comfortable over hot races and long stints, then I think that that pays dividends. And one of the greatest things I think is just how um, they set up those things: the AC units, the, the seat coolings, the helmet blowers. Um, you know, they made the car extremely nice to drive and so i think you know when you come into a 24-hour race that's massively beneficial you know some of the cars don't have those um you know daytona is not a particularly physical track but it is most of our first race back for the year and um you know anytime you kind of are blessed with those comforts it's a good thing how long does it take off to shake off the cobwebs i i normally not that long because you have some testing in between but this is the longest I've sat out of a race car um I mean since COVID obviously but you know uh it it's been a while so hopefully not that long because I know other people have been testing um but it's I for sure it's something you think of as a driver uh you hadn't sat in the thing push the pedals in the thing for quite a long time so it normally comes back quick but you know, I'm getting a little bit older so maybe to take a little bit longer now
1: oh please all right so it's you and Madison back for another season you and Wolf drove together for how long at Team Falcon Tire
3: um I believe we were seven years and you and Madison are starting seven years yeah hopefully hopefully that doesn't mean that's the end of the program <laughs> you know it's um I it's crazy i feel super blessed to have been uh grouped with two pairings for that amount of years you know not it's super rare in our business that that people get that opportunity to build that kind of continuity inside a team but more importantly is the friendship you know the friendships you gain and um you know you hear people talk about it all the time and say how important it is and oh you know we're like family and um you know i think the reality is is that when you get to that point that you care more about the other person in the car than you do about yourself, that's when things start to change and, you know, I genuinely feel like that's that's the way it is between Madison and I over the years, you know it's something that happened pretty uh, generically pretty fast um, and has just continued to grow you know, I mean, he's become, you know my best friend in the world you know, this like little brother to me and, um You know, you just, I I know he feels the same and and that he would for sure put myself over his well-being at any point in time. And so, you know, that comes in handy on race weekends. Some weekends you struggle, some weekends, you know, the other person struggles and you kind of dig deep and, and help the person through it. So I'm excited to be back with another year.
1: And you guys brought Corey back. That's, it was a year away for Corey. Has he fit right back in as if no time has passed?
3: Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, it's funny because the thing with Corey was that um, it was never really that he went away. It was just that the manufacturer swap didn't fit where he was at in his career. You know, so it's funny because from the outside, perhaps the perception was that you know we moved away from him. Um, But I think the reality is is uh, you know our cross just didn't pass didn't pass at that point in time um but they do again you know and so uh, as soon as we were given the opportunity to have him back obviously we jumped on that opportunity he fits he fits well with us you know he's he's a lot of fun to have around he lightens the mood and um you know i think anytime i'm around somebody that can lighten the mood is a good thing because i tend to be pretty intense a lot of the times and so you know having him and Madison together you know Madison's super chill and always pretty relaxed and Corey's kind of goofy so the three of us uh seem to make a pretty good pairing you know I think I'm angry enough for all of us and and they kind of bring me down so it's it's a great group
1: whenever there's a fourth driver added to a championship contending car there's always a question about how did this come to fruition that's very much the case with you guys and Maxime Martin he's come back to BMW and all of a sudden he winds up in the Paul Miller organization how did that come
3: well it's pretty interesting um to be honest Maxime and I had uh you know a history of stemming back to Long Beach where uh, we had contact fighting for the win of the race and um You know, I held my hand up in that situation and him and I had talked and I think come to a pretty solid realization and and had very good conversations about it. And, um, you know, oddly enough, you kind of build some sort of relationship out of respect, you know, and I think um, the respect came from us being able to talk about what happened, you know, very honestly and not let egos or tempers get in the way. And, um, you know, the end of the year... At Petite, he kind of said to me, hey, I think, um, you know, I'd like to talk to you if you get a chance. And so we opened a dialogue um, from Petit forward, and he, you know, mentioned he was coming back with BMW and that, you know, uh, there would be an option uh, for him to be open for Daytona. And so, you know, for me, it was a, it was a good fit. You know, they, he's undoubtedly got the credentials. Um, and so anytime you can get a guy like that, with factory knowledge, with factory relationships, and that is, you know, seemingly a good, easy person to work with. You jump on it, and um, you know, you look, you look for guys that are going to make you better as a team. I, I think when you're doing it the right way, and I think he does that for us. You know, he's. Um, He's been super easy to get along with, super easy to work with, and um, like I said, he's very knowledgeable. So, you know, you lean on guys like that in in scenarios like this because every single pro has something to bring different to the program. So we're excited to have him, excited to, you know, excited to learn from him. He's obviously um, been with BMW for a long time and now, you know, he's done Dubai with WRT, which he's fresh out of the car, which is a very good thing for us. Um, So... You know, we will uh, wear him out.
1: Last year, bursting onto the LMP2 scene, as far as we were concerned, in the Emsa WeatherTech Sports Car Championship was Louis Delatraz. And Louis, that performance last year with Tower Motorsport, it earned John Ferrano a championship, but it also earned you the seat that you're in for this year. How exciting has it been to be a part of GTP with Acura?
4: I mean, it's super exciting, I'm not going to lie, m- my whole purpose of going in P2 was to step up to the, the top class and uh, to get, obviously I drive with Wendell Racing, with Andretti, uh, in the top class, in such a team, I mean, it's one of the best seats I think I, I could get. So I'm, I'm super happy and, you know, it makes me think that a year ago exactly, more or less, I had the call from John to join the LMP2 program just in December 2022, 20, 21 now and uh, yeah I said yes I didn't know where I was going and it was one of the best decisions I made so I'm, I'm really really happy and excited the, the winter break was too too long in my opinion <laughs> even it only lasted some weeks.
1: You're someone who's big on virtual racing that mm. helped a lot last year coming into this year though the car is unknown so there's no way to prepare for it does that make you a little more nervous?
4: Uh, n- nervous no because I think I'm surrounded by really good people so my two teammates have so much experience they try to help me through it and it's, it's nice actually you know there's no ego and I think in a lineup that's what I've always been looking for we see competitive teammates but that we can work together so the team and, and that together helps me a lot uh, but also yeah obviously the simulator and stuff we have one we use simulations but it's always new it's always evolving so I think we have to take it step by steps and like everyone is great we will see what comes out but I, I'm, I'm confident
1: What's been the most surprising part of the car for you? Because this is the most race car you've ever driven. <laughs> well,
4: you know what's super, very surprising? I didn't know what to expect when I came in the first time. And uh, obviously, it's, it feels like it's well-born, which is uh, important. I feel like over winter, Acura and HPD did a great job because the car is relatively uh, feels natural to drive. Obviously, all the hybrid stuff is quite new to me. It reminds me a lot of Formula 1 when I tested there and, and I did my two years of development and sim stuff. I, I can feel already with all the, the buttons, the switch, and obviously them, the thinking behind it is quite similar. So that maybe helped me a bit, but yeah, you see the technology of those cars, it's really impressive. And I mean, we receive a book of probably 30 pages to just learn of what the procedure and the buttons are, what they do, and how we can tune to go quicker and, and way better.
1: This is uh, an organization that has made no secret about wanting to go back to Le Mans.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you have a car that can compete in the top class. That that is the dream, is it not?
4: Uh, it is the dream uh, for sure to go to Le Mans. You see, Le Mans, Daytona IMSA. Overall has huge races, and uh, for sure to the focus this year will be IMSA. I will only be in the endurance part, but for sure be supporting the team for for the whole season. And yeah, of course, uh, going to Le Mans is what dream of mine. I mean, winning Le Mans yeah. in the overall category is a dream of mine. So, uh, yeah, if we can do that, I will be uh, very, very happy.
1: Yeah, you were so close a couple years ago that it still hurts me, so I can't imagine (laughs) what it does to you. But this is uh, an organization that is very much a family, and when they get people involved, they tend to keep them involved. So have you felt welcomed into the, the whole of the Taylor family?
4: I felt very welcome, and I mean, when Wayne came to me and approached me, I think he clearly said I mean not said but mean that of course if it goes well the goal is to go longer and, and to work in the future because I was also looking not for a one-shot drive uh, I have to say you know middle of last year with the P2 performance I had a few offers and few discussions and um, for sure how Wayne proposed it to me and how the team feels and as just say it's a big family was very important because I like to do programs long term and to be able to uh, write history together so hopefully we can do that on, on many years.
1: It seems like you and Ricky and Philippe have been bonding really well in the off-season, getting to know one another. What have you guys done to build the friendship? I've heard rumors of video games.
4: <laughs> Maybe your rumors are, are right. Uh, I think, yeah, we connected quite well. Um, they're super nice guys, very easy. And as I said, no ego. Because when you have someone in the team that has ego or just wants to be the best, it always creates tensions. And I don't think uh, it's there. I mean, obviously, I'm still very new. So, But we, we go along really well. And yeah, we've played a lot of video games, uh, also kept a lot in touch. We have, you know, WhatsApp groups and always calls, and thanks to the technology, it's easy to to keep up. So we have good relations, and I think it goes naturally. So we'll try to make a ski trip at some point, maybe, (laughs) and have some fun together, not only virtual.
1: Louis, thank you. Good luck. And you do fit in really well with the program. Everybody seems happy. Thank you very much. We've got a number of Daytona rookies in the race, but it's not really fair to call Ashton Harrison a Daytona rookie because you've been on the Wayne Taylor Racing pit box for so many years now. Do you feel like that's helped prepare you for you to make your driving debut?
5: Oh, yeah. Definitely sitting for 24 hours on their pit stand for the last two years is I've definitely got a lot of knowledge of what could go wrong and when it goes right, and so uh, I'm excited. And I was just—I was just telling someone else that usually when I come to the media day, I watch Ricky and Philippe and the other drivers get their headshots, and I just kind of stand around, just stand around. And now I'm like, oh, I get to go after Ricky! Like it's my turn now. So it's the small things, and uh, I'm excited to you know be neighbors with them in pit lane. It's kind of—it's special to me, like deep down. It, it's like, man, this is really working out. This is so cool. It's
1: extra important as well because running in the class that you're in, getting a prime pit box towards pit in, that's something that you've earned by association with Wayne Taylor Racing. Do you think that's going to come in and factor in well for you guys? Oh,
5: yeah, for sure. I mean, last year, especially whenever we were, again, at the entry of pit box and around pit lane and with the 10 car and just watching their strategy coming in, and then also knowing we had the whole pit lane to, a just recollect ourselves, be the driver getting everything situated. It's not so much like we have all, not wasted time, but so much time coming into pit lane looking for our box further down, and you know those are things that even though that I'm not driving, that I acknowledge and I'm listening on the radio with our with our lead engineer at the ten car, and those are just things that some people may think, oh she's just on the pit box listening and just sitting there, but there's so much that goes into it, and so. Another way of looking at it, too, is that I know what they're working on. If I was to come in, I see them in the pit box. Like, I know how they work. I know when they're going to launch. And I just have these details that I've just kind of filed back. And um, I'm excited to put them to work. And I think that they're in my advantage is that I I know what to expect, how to protect our program and theirs, but working together as neighbors. So it works out.
1: And you've not only got them... Next to you, you've got some really great drivers in the car with you. I mean, Kyle Marcelli is a guy who's been around the paddock for more than a decade, but Ryan Briscoe coming in for the Rolex only—I yeah. love this. He's one of twelve drivers in the race who's won all four of the big ones. So to have his information with you as a rookie—that's got to be invaluable too.
5: Oh yeah, I, I was so thrilled whenever uh, Ryan said that he would come join us, and you know, having my teammates Kyle and Danny along for the ride. I, I mean, it was it, it was an an easy choice. Whenever we were we were just even discussing it, we were like, we have to have Kyle and Danny first off. If we're gonna do all the rounds. It's gonna be us three. And when we were looking for our fourth, I had toyed around a couple people, and um, actually, my dad was like what if we just reach out to Ryan? Let's just ask him. Because I saw him at the Indy 8 hour and uh, I just caught up with him real quick and it was just in passing and that's just how things work out in this paddock. It's just by, hey, haven't seen you in a couple years. Hope you're doing well. Talk to you later. And then I just thought, hey, are you available? And he was like, yes, I want to be. And he had other stuff that he could have done and he decided to come with us because he felt like we were a strong pairing and uh, working with him in 2019 when he was at WTR with the 10 car was the first time I really got to know him but it's not like we were hanging out I mean he's working and I'm like hey I'm just on the pit box so let me know if I'm in your way he's a great guy and he's been a great coach for someone for me to lean on and I can't wait to work with him you know more closely but it's going to be an exciting two weeks with him he fits in great with our with all of our uh, you know attitudes and characteristics because we all joke around a lot and he gets right into it it's awesome
1: you mentioned bringing Danny and Kyle on as being a no-brainer. You have the association with them from running in the same team last year in Super Trofeo, but you've got the Acura advantage because you've been running this car basically for, what, two years now in SRO to championships as well. Yeah. Are they going to come to you for advice on this?
5: They did initially, yeah, At our test in December, um, you know, really, they were more stressed about how are they going to get out of pit lane, like, how do we use the button? Like, there's, you know, in the Lamborghini, we have a clutch, so to Danny Kyle's had his seasons in it but with Danny he was like okay so I get in he's going through the motions and then Ryan's like you tell him one time you tell Ryan one time he gets in takes off like he's been driving the car for years (laughs) and I was of course I take off and then I stall it on our first outlet like oh my god I I look like the rookie here but uh, they they picked it up super quickly and I think Danny's appreciative of the extra arrow and doesn't feel like the car is going to spin out on a straight line like we do in the Trofeo. So he he took up, took to it really well and um, yeah there are some things that I know more about the car than they do but they're they're just so good they they jumped in and, and were are right on pace. I, I'm really excited about how close we all are and how fast it is.
1: You've spent a lot of time driving with Mario Farnbacher. He's in another car this weekend. Is that going to be strange competing against him?
5: A little bit. I've been hanging out with him the last day and a half, and uh, I actually said at breakfast this morning, I was like, well, remember, after we leave breakfast, okay, I don't, we're not friends, okay? <laughs> and I, He's always like, yeah, we're friends. I'm like, no, we're not. Okay, and so just giving him a hard time, which is my specialty. So, yeah, it is weird, but at the same time, he, you know, both of us being Honda drivers, we want, to make sure that the, the programs go well and so uh, I told him I was like look if I see you on track which I'll know it's you because I just know you're going to deliberately make my life hell I was like it will be the same way we're not okay. friends anymore so it's it's still fine I mean I still caught up with him and we were just as close and uh, I told him I was like it's gonna be different seeing you in green <laughs> I was like <laughs> but maybe red soon yeah
1: Christmas colors yeah. tis the oh, season no.
5: yeah I mean our car looks like we're rocking Santa sleigh all year long with our green board and our red car but that's fine that's okay
1: <laughs> that's the best well Ashton welcome to Daytona welcome back to IMSA you
5: belong here thank you so much I'm so excited to get started
1: It's been long overdue for Philipang to have a full-time drive in the U.S. And, Philip, it's finally happened in the class and arguably in the car that everyone wants to be in, GTP and developing this BMW. What's it been like to be a part?
6: It's a big dream coming true. Um, Ever since BMW has announced uh, the LMDH slash GTP program, I really wanted to be part of it. And you know that I'm we Austrians, we are not very outspoken, let's say, but uh, we we can, I think we can do wishes very well, and I went to my boss, um, and I said, look, I really want to be part of this I think I would fit because I have class one experience, I have the experience in downforce cars uh, experience in endurance racing, so uh, it would be would be an absolute dream if I, if I could come full time here, because I love the States, I love the racing here and um, then I finally got the phone call to say, I can remember the moment extremely well. I was just at the lake. Uh, and then he called and said, you're in. Wow! And this was, uh, was very cool and still gives me goosebumps now.
7: Yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's a life-changing moment. Um, these experiences don't come along very often. And what is it about racing in North America that has you so interested? Because so many of these tracks will be new to you.
6: Well first of all I love the country uh, I like I like being here I like the I like the structure I like the very Austrian German very clear and straight lines and what I always like coming here that uh, it's a little bit more chilled it's as, as professional when it comes down to the business but when you walk into the paddock it, it just feels a bit more relaxed and every, everybody is friendly with with each other you know Uh, this is one aspect I really like Um, and I like the racing Uh, I think the racing is very different compared to Europe Um, with all the wave bias and and the dynamic of, of especially of this race I really enjoy and uh, I think mentality wise being Austrian I think it just fits with with Americans I, I get along with everybody in the team very well and moreover I'm very happy to share the car full-time with Augusto.
1: That, in and of itself, is a dream. I mean, Augusto Harpus is such an accomplished driver. He's won the Rolex twice, once with you, yep. back in 2019. But again, a lot of these tracks are going to be new. Which one is the one that perhaps you've got circled on the calendar because it stands out more than the others?
6: Uh, Road America yeah. and uh, Long Beach. Yeah. yeah. I did like a gazillion laps on iRacing on Long Beach <laughs> because there was this uh, there was this sim racing event and it's was planned to be at Long Beach so I did like five million laps around that track and I really like it so I can't wait to go there in uh, in in real life and on top of that I've never been to that side of the country wow No,
1: oh my gosh that's a long flight you're gonna yeah. have to brace yourself yeah. for it um and two weeks basically back to back uh one week off you're gonna go explore California stay on the west coast maybe
6: yeah I think so because uh it doesn't really make sense to go to go back um, we already came here on the 11th. Uh, we met the team, um, so it, it will be a good uh, three weeks uh, for me in the US, away from home. But um, I said this, I said this quite a few times, and I really mean it. That the BMW driver group is um, extremely cool. We are getting along with each other. We we shared an Airbnb for the last few days, and um, everybody had his little jobs, and we bought RC planes, and we just enjoyed life.
1: You brought up a really good point with the iRacing. You are already, of course, an IMSA champion, having won the iRacing thing that went on during COVID. That that does count, and that does give you more experience on these tracks. But your car is completely different to anything on iRacing. So how difficult is it going to be to maybe learn the track virtually, but then put it into completely different context with a beast of a machine?
6: Well, it certainly helps um, to do do a few laps on on iRacing or any other platform. Um, iRacing now Uh just launched our car actually on the platform. Oh, cool. So uh, we have that. Um, And I I already did a little bit of running, like in Road America, Mm. um, in uh, Watkins, Mm. which I know already, which is also a very cool track.
1: With the car. You tested the car there too, so.
6: Yeah, so... Yeah, on top of that we just do our normal preparation um, in the in the BMW simulator so iRacing definitely helps to know uh, where the bumps are uh, just to get the rough idea on, on the on the rhythm mm-hmm. but then the real work is, is done in the in the simulator
1: this brand really has captured your heart your relationship with BMW that that's been the place for you do you think that is the place for you
6: yeah uh, I think so uh, no I don't think so I'm sure because uh, I started my career being a BMW junior in 2006. Um, it was my first, first year in, in uh, single-seater racing. And ever since, we always somehow stayed in contact. You know, I, I tested the Formula One car back in the day. And yes, then I drifted to the Porsche One make Series. But we, always, we were always in contact. And then at the end of 2015, when I had a successful run, um i got introduced for a test and ever since uh, it's a good marriage and I, I don't want to get divorced
1: yeah <laughs> well welcome to full-time imsa philip we're glad you're here
6: yeah thank you very much
1: the first time you get to come back to daytona is a rolex winner it's a bit different People treat you a little bit differently, especially considering it's fresh in everyone's mind. Zach Robichon, you've had a very busy year overseas. You did four races in the States, but do you feel like it's coming home? You're starting the year off in the States. You're doing things right.
8: Um, you know, I think, as you mentioned, it's it was a busy year, uh, kind of something new racing a lot in Europe, and there's definitely something about coming back to the Imsa Paddock, uh, you know, basically growing up here, racing in GT3 Cup, uh, it feels a lot more like home, familiar faces, and uh, it, it is always nice to come here. Until last year, I didn't really like coming to Daytona because we never never had <laughs> success. So now uh, there's a little bit less of, uh, let's call it, chip on my shoulder coming here. If anything, I, I'm a lot more comfortable. Uh, even though we, you know, we did three, three years before last year coming into Daytona, this one still kind of felt different. Uh, which isn't always a good thing because you you don't prepare for it the right way and uh, now I can kind of come in a little bit more relaxed and I feel a little bit more like myself uh, which which is nice because come here we're confident you know the team knows each other and and also that time over in Europe I always felt like I was learning something adapting whereas now I can come here and really just kind of fit into where everything is where we left it so to speak so uh, it's it's a good feeling, and, and honestly, it's really, really nice to be here and, and just uh, go racing. Yeah.
1: It's a different rule set to what you've been doing a lot of last year, all the racing and the ELMS, uh, doing them all. The Porsche documentary that came out, by the way, was brilliant, and that had to be fun to be a part yeah. of it too. But do you feel like maybe this rule set fits you a little bit better since you've grown up in IMSA?
8: I think the the type of racing is very different as, as you mentioned uh does one fit you better than the other i think it's it's tough to take it's tough to say you can of adapt to what, what's around you uh but i will say that whenever something happens in europe i gotta ask somebody else what happens next <laughs> whereas here uh you know as a driver you're pretty much on the same page as the strategist you got a good idea of, of what we're doing and i think the there's a certain level of driving style that is factored into an IMSA race versus uh, a race that's put on by the ACO that's a little bit different and uh, I I wouldn't say one suits me better I would say maybe one I'm a little bit more comfortable with Mm -hmm. Uh, and and just because the as a driver you're always thinking about what's the best decision is it to take a risk is it not to take a risk Uh, And I think at this point in IMSA, as as we've proven and I've I've been on great teams that we've always had success, we've kind of found that that formula. I I know without even being told what's the right decision for the time, um, and usually I have a good understanding of what's required from me. So I I definitely feel uh, mentally it's, it's maybe a little bit easier here.
1: You've won the Sprint Championship, you've won the GTD Championship, missing the Michelin Endurance Cup Championship. Is that the goal this year?
8: It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be to win that championship. It's its the only uh, IMSA GTD Championship I don't have. Uh, I've won the, the two biggest races. You know, we won r- Daytona last year. I won Sebring in... Uh, 21. 21. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that Endurance Cup championship, we just missed it in 2021 20, uh, to, to the team that I now drive for. So uh, I guess that was a, a good omen. So definitely, you know, as a group, personal goal, 100%, that, that's the target. And I think as a group here with Wright Motorsports in that, in that first-form Porsche, I think every single one of us want to get out there and, and, and win it.
1: The easiest way to win it is by winning the big endurance races. So that's obviously the goal coming into this weekend defending, but it's a new car, how has this new Porsche been, and has your experience driving the different beast in Europe helped you at all here?
8: Yeah, It's funny because the uh, at the end of the day, Porsche is all about evolution, not revolution, and they've been doing it for years, and, and this is very much kind of that same vibe, let's say. We go from a 4 litre to a 4.2, uh, you know, it's a slightly different chassis, but at the end of the day, porsche has never reinvented the wheel with any of their cars and and the formula has stayed true to to what we know that being said there's a little bit more uh a little bit more dependence on what they learned in that rsr so the car that i've been driving so every iteration of these gt3 spec cars with the gt3r i think there's some inspiration that comes from the rsr Um, obviously with that program ending uh the rsr 19 which i've had the pleasure of driving over in europe uh, there's definitely some familiarities uh, coming into this car. But that being said, they, they also take stuff from their other racing. You know, there's, there's some inspiration for some of the stuff from a cup car, for example. You know, so there's a, there's a bit of a mix of everything. And uh, as with anything, new is always a bit different. Uh, different can be really good. Uh, and I think we have a very good car. But I also think that we'd be naive to think that we can kind of plug and play what we've learned because there is enough of a difference uh, that is going to take us some time to, to get used to. We, we were fortunate enough to do a test, and we were very impressed with the way the car handle changes. Uh, you know, you, you make a change and you feel it right away. And as a driver, that's what you want because you don't feel like you're chasing something. And I think the biggest thing is we'll have to recalibrate, uh, as an engineering team and, and as drivers, the level of changes we need. Uh, in the other car, you know, maybe you're, you're making a, what you would consider a big change to get a, a small difference out of it. And in this car, you make a minor change, and right away you feel it. So we we probably have to tone down uh, what we're asking for, and then uh, the, the engineering team needs to understand what we're saying so i think that that will be the biggest uh goal for the roar here especially with four drivers and, and we're lucky to have dennis joining us uh you know he's, he's as fast as anybody out there so we'll be relying on him and and obviously jan and and ryan almost won the championship last year so i think as a whole we're, we're in a good spot and i'm looking forward to see what uh, this car can do
1: It's kind of cool. You've won races with all of your co-drivers, even though they all haven't raced together before. So that's a a unique stat, Zach. Good luck this weekend, and uh, good luck defending.
8: Yeah, thank you very much. It's warm in here, isn't
1: it? It is a little warm in here, but it's also warm in the race car, so it's good practice. Not anymore. Not not anymore. The air conditioning. Got air conditioning. No.
9: Zero is off. One is fan only. Two is low. Three is high, and four is max.
1: Yeah.
9: I've never been past three. Sorry, never been past two two is so good that you're like that's fine
1: this is for the aston right yeah yeah it's awesome so is this the most creature-friendly car you've ever had to drive
9: that's why i love it that's it's, why you love it it's easy to operate you don't have to the brake pedal is hard that acura we drove two years ago yeah i had to i thought my head was gonna hit the ceiling every time i hit the brake pedal because it was yet it so hard and after an hour of doing that your back hurts your,
7: yeah. your
9: glute hurts you know you're you're afraid you're gonna pop your hamstring and have it wrap up in the or your, in the back of your calf, mid-stint, and then what do you do? Left foot gas? I don't know. Um, But uh, this thing is a dream to drive. It's just so easy, and it's fast. It has its weaknesses, but for the most part, it's so easy to do a long stint in that that's really why it's my favorite GT3 car
1: this gt3 we're talking about the magnus racing aston martin you're listening to spencer Papelli, by the way just to fill everybody in at home this car has had so much success in imsa uh, under heart of racing they're the ones who have done the most with it for magnus it's an extra challenge because it's only a couple of races a year but for you guys coming to daytona this is so natural isn't it
9: we're still learning a lot about the aston martin but if you look at my history andy's history magnus's history just all the uh, the experience we have here. it I don't feel like we're an underdog here. I think if the BOP goes our way and we have a good race, we'll be competitive just like last year. Last year, we had some challenges. In, in Daytona, I always say, do your dumb stuff early. Because if you're going to lose two, three laps, you want to do it with 22 hours to make it back up, not two hours to make it back up. And sure enough, we did most of our dumb stuff early. Uh, we had one issue where I was driving. I was the second apex to the bus stop. Uh, and some younger driver in a P3 car, rhymes with Gill and Dury, uh, hit us at the second apex, spun me into the wall, and I thought for sure we were done. Uh, But sure enough, the car was running, stuck it in gear, drove away, got up on the banking, and it was still straight, looked in the mirror, the wing was still on it. So I just said, "Eh, what the heck, let's keep going. And we did. And that thing was destroyed, but all the major components were still there, including the rear deck lid. But four pit stops later, comes in the pit, no more rear deck lead. We still don't know where it is. but uh,
1: It just uh, eviscerated itself.
9: We thought about putting another one on, yeah. but we figured if that one comes off, it might take the rear wing out that time. So we figured we you know, got lucky. Just don't press the luck. So we did all our dump stuff early, uh, got lucky late in the race when that happened, and sure enough finished Daytona second with the most crash car I've ever taken to the podium at Daytona. So who knows? We'll see. We don't feel like underdogs.
1: Well and, and you shouldn't be underdogs because you've got two wins here. John has two wins here. Andy's got five. I mean he's got more Rolexes than he has arm space. I, I have two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well yeah, that's 24/10. true. You you had one for <laughs> yeah. a little while. They rudely yeah. took it back. Nikki. Nikki is the weak lick of your team. Nikki team. Yeah. A world champion multiple times over from WEC. How the heck do you guys get that lucky? I
9: just think uh you know we happened uh we looked at the drivers we had available there was a lot of good ones but uh, nikki was high on our list and initially they said uh, you can't have him. so we started looking into plan b which you know given the talent in this paddock there's plenty of plan b's that are just as good and uh right before we kind of made an offer they called us up and said hey we're just kidding we can give you tim and we decided to go with it so uh, i know he's a fantastic driver I haven't actually met him yet. Hopefully we'll do that today. But just from the hair, I know he's a legend. So
7: uh, I'm excited about that.
1: Magnus is always a team that has fun. Nikki team is a driver who has a lot of fun. So to me, that was the perfect marriage just in relationships.
9: Just looking at his hair, I can't imagine what the poster is going to look like this year. But yes, we have a lot of fun. Uh, From what I hear, Nikki should fit right in. Uh, I'm already thinking of ways to prank him. And (laughs) uh, yeah, it should be a a good group. And that's, you know, it's super important in racing to have people that kind of are all on the same page we are absolutely as competitive as can be on track but when it's when we're able to have fun and it doesn't affect the result we have as much fun as we possibly can have
1: which is how it should be i mean honestly and you guys come to the track for the right reasons and the results tend to follow now you're doing that in multiple programs this weekend as well because back with bgb now you and tom collingwood you've, you've been a dynamic duo for so many years but your third driver this year that really caught me by surprise tell me how you guys wrangled in jerome bleakamolin
9: you know i'm not really sure how it happened but he and tom got talking at some point and tom decided uh that he'd be a good addition. Now, John T.C. usually drives, and I know John probably wanted to drive this year, but uh, you can't say no to a guy like Jerome. Um, and if you think back last year, our race ended early when Tim Pappas and Tom Collingwood had some contact. Oh no! So I wonder if this isn't a way to say, "Hey, Jerome, sorry. Hey, come back aboard, and we'll uh, we'll try this again, and hopefully get a better result."
1: You can't beat them, stop them from hitting you on track, put them in your car. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
9: yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think we may have been the hitter in that situation, but uh, you know, that race is one that I look forward to every year. I mean, that's on the calendar, the Friday before Daytona. That is the race that I have the most fun in. It's super competitive. This track is so good for drafting and battling, and uh, it's four hours, so you, know, you get plenty of time to kind of prep for the, the race the next day. But yeah. I just still look forward to that one because GS racing is so much fun.
1: That is in, it's still fair to say new Porsche, right? It, it still has new car smell in it, basically.
9: Uh, we actually are running our old chassis oh, wow. in, um, in the Roar.
7: Okay. Our
9: new one just showed up. Ooh. We didn't have time to prep it, so we're going to do the prep job as we kind of interact here.
7: yeah.
1: And
9: then hopefully bring the brand new car back for the race in a week
1: that's an advantage of having a shop close by isn't it
9: it is yeah we can get the guys half the team can be at the shop half the team can be here at the track and we can keep working and moving forward but uh, yeah that should be a good piece um you know new cars nowadays are usually pretty solid shouldn't be any gremlins to work out so we'll know uh, in a week
1: well Spencer good luck with the Porsche and the Aston uh, next weekend you're going to be a busy man
9: yeah that's the way I like it though can't wait
1: I can't say anyone was really surprised to see Conor DiFilippi's name on the list of the GTP car drivers. Uh, this has been a very long time coming, Conor, and it is a dream come true for anyone to get the call up. But for you in particular, did it just feel right?
10: It's obviously a huge honor to be part of the program. It's been, a, as you said, a long journey. Um, I've, I've fought a long time for this. Uh I've been a lot of places. I've lived across the pond. I've I've put in the work. So, um, you know, if there's any brand that's going to reward that, it's BMW. So I have all the faith in the world, and, and they obviously have the same in me, um, which is which is a really good feeling. And to obviously be the the one American that's full time. There's actually not a lot of us uh, in GTP that are full time. So that makes it even more special. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just super happy to finally go for overall wins and uh, not have that class victory stigma hanging above you so um yeah no it's just uh really nice to be be part of this program and definitely try to be be one of the leaders and and continue to push this program forward
1: i'm not someone who looks at class by the way i overall (laughs) doesn't matter it's if you won the race you won the race but as far as racing goes in america it's going to be a very different thing when you're not worried about getting passed by anyone you're just trying to keep people from passing you how do you prepare for that mentally so
10: being the, the top class now, certainly it changes the dynamic of the race um, as a driver. With the 24-hour experience at the Nürburgring, for example, that I have, um, so it's not a complete foreign dynamic for myself. Uh, I am used, to, at least at that race, to being the top class, and there's you know 180 cars that do that race, so traffic is definitely uh, not foreign at this point when it comes to that, but I think the closing rates... Uh, we'll definitely be faster. Obviously, with, with this car, uh, we'll be you know over 200 miles an hour here at Daytona, which is which is awesome. Um, so I think definitely at at this track I think the car count per distance is definitely higher than the D- Daytona, so that's gonna that's gonna be different. But um, I think the good thing is I have experience with managing those frustration moments. Uh, that's gonna be super important for this event with this many cars. Um, but it, I, I find it actually easier only looking forward and not having to look forward and backwards. GTLM you are overtaking and being overtaken, which I think is the most difficult. Uh, so I think GTP is gonna be it's gonna be a new curve, but uh, I'm actually. Excited excited about it. I think it's going to be easier than the previous years.
1: That's a really good point as well. Um, this season, you're the full-time American driver on the team. You're also the only full-time driver who's got experience at all of the tracks, so your co-drivers are going to be leaning on you a lot for track knowledge, right?
10: Definitely. Um, it definitely helps me a lot. It also helps me, as I said, lead the team, uh, especially with my teammate Nick uh, You know, He's super experienced, driven F1 cars, um, so he's he's definitely the the bee's knees he has the speed uh, but definitely having a guy to lean on that has the knowledge a lot of the tracks for example road america is repaved so there's going to be also some new stuff for me as well but um you know it's definitely you know i think one of the reasons that helped me get this role is you know i I was one of the guys that tried to lead uh, and uh, that's going to be a big part of my my kind of responsibility this year is the engineers and the team they have so much going on with the new car as a driver i think we have to not take matters into our own hands, but we really have to handle our own stuff and and prepare ourselves as best we can. And I think working together and and having each other to lean on is going to be important for that. So I know that's going to be part of my responsibility. And I know, um, you know, Nick trusts me a lot. We get along really well. Um, I've always had great teammates at BMW and I have yet another one this year. So I'm excited about that. And um, hopefully I can give a little bit of knowledge to help them out this season as well.
1: And it's not like the two guys in the other car are any stranger to you because uh, Philip Bang and Augusta Farfus were with you and you won the Rolex the last time. So that's kind of cool too.
10: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have, uh, so the last handful of days we had off and, you know, they all flew over from Europe a couple days early because we had prep stuff to do at the shop in, in Indianapolis. And, you know, we had a, actually we all had a dinner uh, two nights ago in the house at our Airbnb and we just like, we sat there and, you know, we've, we've all driven for multiple manufacturers. Um, and it's it's pretty neat the group of drivers we have and we, we're very interchangeable um and i think anybody who comes from the outside and joins our our tight-knit family like dries for example he's uh you know dries van is a recent addition to the bmw lineup and i think he he's even surprised um you know how quickly we all are very welcoming and, and we're a good group of people that um, only have the best best interests for for all of us and also for the brand itself so um, you know, having Philip and having Augusto as the two full-time full time guys in the 24 is going to be a fun year. Uh, stiff competition, but that's what we need. We need to be pushing each other forward and try to get the best results for BMW.
1: But even beyond just being in the GTP car, I mean, it was a BMW family reunion earlier when everybody walked in. And it was at various times. You had Turner, you had Paul Miller, you had the GTP car, and everybody was mingling with each other. The BMW brand, the emblem, it it means so much more to all of you than just a roundel. It really does represent family, doesn't it? It
10: does. I mean, I think that that starts with the leadership all the way down. Everybody's very supportive, uh, very friendly. (laughs) If they can do something, they they'll do it um, and they never over promise they always do what they can do um, and I think having that from the top but also the, the drivers that have become part of BMW um, you know all of us have worked really hard We've all, most of us have come from uh, you know not a rough background, but a very average background when it comes to motorsports. Yeah. Um, and I think it puts us all on a very similar wavelength, and I think that's that's a big part of it. Um, I think that's what, you know, Nick and I get on really well for that reason. Um, you know, Philip, we all have similar backgrounds, and we've all had to fight to get to this point, and I think we all have a, a mutual respect when it comes to that, and I think it all makes our personalities very similar as well. So, um it's cool because it's it's not the norm in motorsport. Uh, there's plenty of brands where I know there's some internal conflicts, and I can promise you that's not uh, how we operate for at BMW.
1: That's very cool. Hopefully it leads to a lot of success uh, this year and in the future. Connor, thank you, and good luck. Thank you. As far as fan favorites go, AO Racing is a brand new team, but they're already a fan favorite based on the livery. Drivers Gunnar Jeanette and PJ Hyatt, it's very close to both of your hearts, this livery. PJ, I'll start with you. What was the decision-making like to go for the new Porsche and then to throw the swap shop livery on it?
11: Well, I'm a a huge Porsche fan, so... That was, that was the car we were hoping to uh, convince them to give us uh, to go racing this year. And um, they, they took, well, they are taking a chance. We haven't gone racing yet. But they, they, they took a chance to give us an allocation for the new Porsche. And I couldn't be more excited about that because I am a humongous fan of the brand. And uh, as far as putting the swap shop livery on it, I can't take any credit for that. That was, that was entirely Gunner's idea. And, um, you know, his his family's history with the car, with uh, how special that was for his father, Kevin being the crew chief of the 83 Daytona 24 winner, Um, having sort of this one-off shot at acquiring the car from the Hen family seemed like a surreal moment and thought, wow, this is a match made in heaven. But but really, um, when we saw that first design of what the new car would look like with the heritage livery, we were like, "Holy cow! This is this is unbelievable!" Because a lot of times the old stuff doesn't necessarily translate to the new stuff, and in this case, it's just it's incredible. So we're really excited to be racing with the with the 40 year anniversary livery on the car. So.
1: Well, and, and you say Porsche is taking a chance, but they've given you two drivers. In essence, they've helped the acquisition of Harry Tinknell and Seb Prio to be your third and fourth drivers in this car. That is a lot of confidence. Seb is one of the up-and-coming superstars, the Career Cup North America winner. So you've got to feel a little bit bolstered by that at least, don't you?
11: Oh, we have incredible co-drivers, and the guy sitting beside me I would include in that, that trio. Oh, sure. um, but, yeah, I, I don't want to be flipping about their... Or rather, our, uh, our work in putting together a phenomenal team. We have uh, Porsche Factory RSR crew chief uh, on the team. Adam Waring, Charles Hamm is also here uh, helping us. And we, we we really did put together a phenomenal team, as far as I'm concerned, where um, it doesn't feel like a new team. When we work together, it works very well, and I think we'd, we've got a shot to be very competitive next weekend. So they... It, you never really know with a brand-new car, with a brand-new team, whether they're going to give you the the car you're most interested in. But I, I think we did everything in our power to make it make it a team worth um, competing with. So I'm, I am excited about that.
1: And Gunnar, I'll bring you into this. PJ's rightly giving you credit because you've got a team manager cap on, which is a very different role as well. What's it been like to take that on as well as driver? Um, well... to to be honest we
12: were we were looking for for team managers and it just nothing really felt right and and that's really important to to both of us and so like the team manager role right now is kind of spread out between about four different individuals on the team um but like pj was saying we've been able to to get people involved that have just so much good experience with sports car racing and other things as well that just bring so much to the table that you know I'm I'm 100% confident in what we've put together as far as the personnel Um, and uh, yeah just couldn't be more excited there's there's definitely a lot more work that, that goes on than what I would have been doing at this race 10 years ago right now. <laughs> but the, the way I'm looking at it is um, you know if we don't have a, a race car or a team here, it doesn't matter what I can do as a driver anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. That's very laughs> so that, all that stuff kind of comes first. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then to you know, one first, like PJ was talking about to, to know that we were getting a car from Porsche. And, you know, a big thank you to, to Volker Holzmeier and Alwyn Springer, who also helped with that. And then, you know, in the discussion of livery and stuff, and it was like, well, uh, this is 2023, which would be a 40-year anniversary, and we only have the opportunity to do this once. And so it just kind of fell into place and, and to, to, you know to to honor what that car achieved and in the story um and then to to honor Alwyn who built the car and and Dieter who's also part of Andile and and my father and then A.J. Foyt and Bob Wallach and especially Preston Henn because without Preston Hen like none of that would have even been possible and and to to try to to educate People in sports car racing that might be new to the sport to hey you know look back there was some amazing stuff that happened and and especially recently with like Ford versus Ferrari and that kind of stuff there there's so much history that has happened and stories that are coming out and the '83 Daytona win that this car and team did should be part of of every sports car racing fans hey yeah that race was you know one of the all-time cool races and so to to be here and to to be a part of that legacy is just like i get goosebumps just talking about it
1: well you posted a picture the other day as well of you as what a three no eight month old i guess by that point sitting on the hood of the car you're not going to replicate that this weekend right
12: oh no i am so i actually so i there's that picture and we had the car here in 2003 and i was 20 years old and sat on the hood and as long as pj's okay with it i'm gonna sit pj you
11: okay with it i can't imagine him not doing this now i this is amazing I, i couldn't be more excited about this
1: this team you guys know how to have fun already i mean you know how to be serious and gunner i know you've worked with pj for quite some time now what's it been like pj from your perspective to come into racing basically new to it find gunner you got lucky right off the bat
11: well he's um i might have to leave
7: (laughs) i don't
12: don't think i can actually (laughs) say
11: he can sit here it's fine um Well, besides being a phenomenal driver, we started working together in a student coach capacity, and he's a phenomenal coach, and so to take sort of whatever you would consider my raw talent and turn it into a competitive racing driver, um, we also really get along well off the track, and so it's it's not, when you spend as much time as we've spent together over the last 12 months or so, you better get along with the person, otherwise it's probably not going to go very well, so the fact that we do get along well means let's find more opportunities to go racing build the racecraft build the skill and so that this sort of evolution of our working relationship but friendship has has really borne fruit of at least where i was to where i am now and so that that part of it Besides, you know, there's, it's a roller coaster ride. Like everything else, you have you have the highest highs and the lowest lows. But getting through those trials and tribulations of, of racing, um, hopefully at the other end you're, you're better for it and you're able to compete at a higher level and you can, you can
7: um,
11: hopefully have fun yeah. at the end of it. And, and be successful.
1: Gunnar, what part of this Rolex experience are you most excited to see PJ go through for the first time? Um, yeah, that's a tough one.
12: Um, I mean, for for me, it really wasn't until we actually released photos of, of the car in the livery and the car was in the trailer traveling to Daytona. Was it like... Oh yeah, we're actually going to make this race, and and like we, I'm pretty sure we could do all of this. So uh, I think you know qualifying for for him is going to be a, a big thing, um, and and then obviously you know in in the race you know hopping out that first in. and I, I would like to say when 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 we finish, um, but I mean you never know here, um, so. Hopefully, when when we finish, we can all hold our heads up high and be proud of the effort that we've all put forth.
1: Gentlemen, good luck. We're glad you're here.
13: Thank you. Thanks, you.
1: Lawrence Vantor, this is the only race that you have not won in the world, I think it's safe to say. This race is so mean, but that makes it even better to win, doesn't it?
14: Yeah, sure. I mean come close literally uh, yeah. multiple times now uh, but no Rolex uh, on my wrist yet but I mean I'm confident one day it will happen yeah. and I'm now 31 I hopefully still have uh, plenty of chances to, to get at least one um, but I you know the last couple of years I was like oh, I need to do it like this the last one and it's stream and, and it still is but I've stopped like thinking about it too much I said, it will come at one point um, and I truly believe that and, and yeah, it, if you have to wait for something a bit longer it's extra joyful in the end
1: yeah. and I think that does make it better you've been on the podium three times you know how to drive well in this race there's no doubt about that I mean last year you had the fastest lap time in the class I just had to double check myself there but you've proven that this track it suits you well coming back here in the GT3 car was that a, a, I don't want to say a decision, but, but to be in the pro car, were you more settled at that being your opportunity as opposed to going and maybe helping a, a gentleman driver in GTD?
14: Um, I mean, I think I was on the one hand kind of maybe hoping to be on the l car. I was honestly actually a little bit expecting that maybe because, yeah. I mean do have a fair amount of MSI experience yeah, <laughs> um,
1: yeah two times champion and uh, driving the LMDH in Europe so yeah that would have made sense
14: but the thing was I was I was a lot of the testing I was involved with um, were some of the difficult tests so I hadn't had that amount of mileage I think maybe that was uh, the reason why um, but on the other hand, I'm actually almost it's funny to say but more happy to be with Fahd in H T D Pro because I really enjoyed the time I had with them uh, and also the time against them and it's, it's, it's a very good bunch of friends and, and, and I feel very comfortable there and last year was pretty a disastrous year after Daytona uh, which I really didn't enjoy I had a, quite a tough time um, so it's good for me to come in an environment where I like being Uh, I feel welcomed and um, yeah I'm just really looking forward to be to to, to this race to be a part of them to be working with Faf Mm -hmm. but in a relaxed way uh, And the the H card would be a very stressful weekend of course and a very very big project so sometimes it's funny how the puzzles align and then when you later think about it it's it's probably not too bad Um, and therefore I'm, I'm happy to be with Faf but yeah I mean might sound cocky but I would not be so keen on doing it again like in GTD, GTD. Yes. I want it to be well, GTD pro so. and,
1: and that makes sense you've done your time in, in GTD you've won the championship there, you won the championship in GT Le Mans and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here and saying that you were phenomenal with FAF in 2021 uh, in the GTD car, it was it was an extraordinary season which made last year even more difficult because you came from such a high high.
7: Yeah.
1: Maybe this is what gets you back up there, though, being back with your Canadian family.
14: Yeah, and that's truly what I think as well. I'm, I'm uh, how, do you, how should you say it, I'm a, an emotional type of person, yeah. and I put a lot of, you know, feeling, feelings, and, and like I drive better, I work better when I'm in an environment where I feel well. But also the other way around. And last year, that was far from the case. And not saying that that was the 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 reason why it was a difficult year, but um, that's why I'm I'm very happy to be back with everybody at Fab because I feel I just feel happy. I drove in the paddock this morning, and and, then I said to my wife, I walked in the gate and said, I feel feel like 10 times more happier than I felt the whole of last year and I haven't done anything yet just walking here and and, and, and being in this environment and, and yeah, just very happy to be here Yeah,
1: We know that you've got the full season in the WEC, in the LMDH car, obviously Porsche selecting you for that is a big honour, but this weekend, it It's not necessarily a vacation, but for you it it does feel a bit lighter because so many people are happy to see you again as opposed to where you're going to be in WC. So many people are just looking to beat you, right? (laughs) Yeah,
14: I mean, it is still I mean, absolutely the only reason I'm here is to try and win the race, and and it's going to be a big job, but it's definitely a difference being one with a a group which I know very well from the past that success with and two is a small group of, of people uh, compared to, I mean, the big MDH Porsche Penske organization the first race in MDH, I think the stress levels would be slightly higher on that occasion so uh, it's definitely a bit more relaxed, yeah.
1: And for you, driving with uh, Patrick is something you've done before driving with Klaus, is that a new experience?
14: Very first time I drive with Klaus, actually uh, and Patrick is second time and... You know, funny fact in, and I think he'll he'll say the same in the GTLM days. Patrick and me weren't necessarily very good friends, <laughs> um, but last year when we drove together, I mean, it was insane that the amount that we bonded as friends together and and had like actually a huge amount of respect. And we sat down on like after the race, and we were, like, that was really fun, and we really enjoyed working together. And maybe it's because the competition side was a bit less because we're in the same car or we actually got to know each other for the first time really well and uh, most that's why I'm really happy as well to be back working with, with Patrick because uh, yeah, we enjoyed it that much last year uh, like I said Klaus is new but uh, uh, I'm sure he's a, he's a quite easy going guy so we'll be fine
1: Well Lawrence I know I speak on behalf of him sa- saying this, welcome back we miss having you in the paddock and even if it's just one race, make the most of it
14: yeah, I'll be here for the three races. And, uh, and I also said, I mean, we had some conversation. go waking up early this morning. said to my wife, like, "Wake Le Mans, yeah, dream. But uh, I want to finish my career in, in IMSA. So uh, I said, give me a couple of years to win everything over there, and I'll come back.
1: <laughs> but on to the fun stuff first, because you guys have the new toy. Alan Brunjolfsson and Trent Himman, you've been running in GT4 together for many, many years. Many different platforms, GT3, Porsche. Alan, what led you down that path?
15: Um, lots of things. Well, first off, I started in Porsche, but before went professional and um, and, and the Cayman, et cetera, also winning the Porsche Cup. Um, but there's really a lot of factors. We love Wright. They're mm-hmm. the ones that brought us the championship, and they're a Porsche team, so uh, that was important. Um, secondly, Volker, president of Porsche. Motorsports North America has been great to us. And with the new 992 uh, car, having a new platform is always exciting. So when those all came together, that made it pretty easy.
1: Now, you guys had a lot of success last year in very rarely finishing below 10th in GS. Because you had Bobby V on your radio, and I know that Bobby's one of those brains that he's just kind of comforting, a strategist, a crew chief, and everythingist. Is he following you over to this car as well?
15: He's on the team, but not on our car. He's okay. on the 16 car.
1: So what's it going to be like having to deal with somebody new?
15: We'll find out. I don't <laughs> know yet.
1: <laughs> you do have a big advantage, though, over a lot of these other GTD bronzes. Because the bronze class this year is extremely strong. Yeah. In the, You know almost every track because you've raced on it. And having Trent in the car with you, is that sort of helping you look ahead to the season and feel excited as afraid and nervous?
15: Um. I don't really compare myself to the other Bronzes. I'm just a battle with myself. So, um, yeah. yeah.
1: Trent, you must be so proud hearing him say that because you've been coaching Alan for such a long time. Is that the result
16: of all these years of hard work? Well, I know I, I joke quite a bit and we joke quite a bit about, you know, being the, what's the right way of saying this, the elder statesman of, of GTD or even GS. But that's, you know, we know that's, that's, not necessarily the case it's just whatever i think what we've come down to over the last five years coming on six years now working together whatever we need to do to get ourselves in a relaxed sort of mental state before we get in the car and go drive and we're thinking clearly that's that's all that matters um and however we get there you know everybody's going to be kind of on their own program when it comes to that so uh a lot of the times that when we're discussing you know an approach to something or even a technical item debriefing after a practice or qualifying or a race um it's just as much of a of a sort of coaching session for me too there's a lot that I've got to remind myself at the same time so it's it's for sure a two-way street in that sense and um, I'm looking forward to to building on that moving into 2023
1: Alan, for last year, it was just you guys in the Aston for the majority of the races for Wright's concentration with Full Racing. For this year, it's at Daytona, you guys in the sister car. Has there been discussion amongst the team and amongst Johnny Wright as to how much information will be shared between the two cars?
15: Um, we haven't had a formal sit down, but you know it, it's been discussed uh, casually mm. that um, hey. They're separate teams, and you're going to have your own focus on, on your 77 car, and the 16 will have its own. I mean, we will try and help each other, but uh, you're your own programs. So we're, we're working independently, but with uh, mutual respect.
1: I like that. that. That gives you more of a spotlight, in essence, because now you know that you're never fighting to be the best. Right.
15: Right. I mean, I'm, I'm certain that the engineers will share data, and, and that's certainly helpful to have two platforms where you can try out two different car setups and then uh, see which performs better. Uh, other than that, I think we're pretty much independent, so we will take the good parts of it, but we will leave any bad blood or, uh, you know, trying to beat the other team out of the equation.
1: I've got to ask, we obviously know that Trent is a superstar, and he's your full-season co-driver. You've got Max Root for the endurance races. How did you guys, decide to get max and then how in the world did you get so lucky to get Kevin Estra in the car with you? Uh,
15: Well a few things first off Volker is great the president of Porsche Motorsports North America and when I met him and I I was looking at the Ferrari 296 it's a new platform Mm -hmm. you know you got to keep all options open and any new platform coming into IMSA is something that's worth looking into and he knew I was looking at the other platform and I told him I'll go with the Porsche if you guarantee me Kevin Estra for Daytona. Yes I that was part of the deal, so um, uh, Volker said he'll see what he can do, and, and he lived up to his end. I appreciate that. Uh, Kevin's a le- uh, legend. He's the king of the ring. He's the pass on the grass guy. Uh, I knew about him before, you know, really any of this, and um, so it's a kind of a, a dream, pleasure, honor to have him next to us.
1: For sure, and Trent. I mean, this this race you've done it a handful of times now. You have so many former co-drivers in rival cars now. Are you looking at the entry list, going, "Oh, that'll be fun passing him and her," and <laughs> this, this is this is going to be enjoyable? Yeah, I mean,
16: look, it's it's um, it's fun to be in an environment where you've been able to create a lot of really great relationships a lot of really great people throughout the sport right but when it's on track you're not thinking about that you're not worried about it it's just you're you're doing your job and um whatever comes of it comes of it so it's it's nice to to have the relationships around the paddock but I think everybody will agree once once we're racing we're we're racing and you're not really thinking about who's your friend and who isn't
1: you guys have a, a pit box that's down with all the other new Porsches, by dint of most of them being new teams coming into the sport. So you're pretty far down the lane. Trent, I'll, I'll focus this to you because you've done this before. Mm. How much of an advantage is it to be down on that end? Because then you can watch what everyone else does and perhaps pull the fuel probe out a couple seconds earlier, get track position.
16: Yeah, if it comes down to it, really at the end of the race, you've seen a couple of um, clutch calls like that mm-hmm. in the past, or actually more than a couple, to get class victories. So it, it's certainly. Um, it's a benefit it could also be a bit of a detriment too um you know there's there's no right or wrong answer i think when it comes to your placement on pit lane i think all it comes down to is um your you and your team's ability to manipulate your own individual situation and again it, the one thing that i've realized through my time of running the the 24 really any of these long distance endurance races and um in uh the imsa weather tech championship is um As soon as you lose focus on where you're at and what your own program is, you lose a lot more than just that. So it's important to just run your own car, run your own race, and figure it out as it comes along.
1: One of my favorite questions so far today has been to drivers who are experienced, who are with drivers who have never done Daytona before. What is your moment that you are most looking forward to for Alan to experience this week for the first time? I don't... uh,
16: I mean... Obviously, the podium after the race is something unbelievable, and trying to get the watch is something I'm still trying to do. I think everybody that you talk to today is going to be aiming for the same thing, but the post-race celebration is always something very special. Um, The one thing I will say, and I've thought about this ever since the whole idea of us running GTD this year came about, probably about six or seven months ago, one of my favorite things is running like that 2 to 4 a.m. night stint, middle of the race right and you're on the banking just for whatever reason every car sounds more kind of clear and crisp than it would otherwise everybody's like headers are glowing exhaust is glowing it's just it's so cool it's so cool you see sparks coming out from underneath each car Um, it's it's kind of a a serene yet chaotic feeling Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's something that's that's very unique to this race
1: all right, Alan. Trench has volunteered you for the grave shift duty. So uh, good luck at <laughs> two to four in the morning. And you guys, you definitely have the right mentality for this race. Good luck this week.
15: Thank you. Uh, I just want to add one last thing. Um, I, I think a comforting thing is having a whole team and crew that is used to being together and working in Porsche. I mean, you've got Max Root, who won Carrera Cup who knows Porsche inside out. He's also been with Wright Motorsports. um, And same thing obviously with Kevin Estra and and Trent, all knowing Porsche, Wright Motorsports, and uh, this track. So I think we're in a great spot.
1: Welcome back to a full season of IMSA, to Alexander Sims. And it's not just coming back to IMSA in a nice, quiet, little, not flashy car. No, you've gone straight for the big leagues. What's it been like to come in and all of a sudden you're helping develop a GTP car?
17: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just, just massively grateful for the opportunity. Um, Having yeah, had a few years away from the full-time IMSA series anyway, it's, uh, it's just a wonderful opportunity for me personally to to come back to racing that I love, at fantastic circuits um, in the GTP class with Cadillac um, to yeah, know, race against some of the best endurance guys in the world, teams, manufacturers, drivers, you know, that includes all of them. Um, yeah, it's, it's an opportunity. I, it wasn't honestly on my radar Halfway through last year, um, I didn't quite expect it to happen but thankfully, you know, the cards, the cards fell right for me um, and so yeah, to, be going, to have gone through this process up till now anyway to, to develop this car, um, to see it from you know, its relative early days, I wasn't quite at the very first test but I've um, done, done a lot of miles in it and it's been, it's been great fun to, to get up to speed with these, these pretty awesome cars. Um, still not quite up to speed, it feels sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's getting there.
1: In terms of teams, you're going up against Ganassi, Penske, Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti. We've got massive names. But how did you draw the lucky lottery ticket of running with Action Express? Because and Engineering has proven in the last couple of years they know how to win races, they know how to win the big ones, and they can win championships.
17: Yep, they, they certainly know what they're doing. Um, obviously, haven't been involved with in IMSA since uh, 2017 I think was my first season yeah. um, and been doing even though not full seasons you know j- jumping into to the occasional ride since then um, I've been watching the the top class and the DPIs and Action Express has always been right up there fighting right at the front um, pulling out some pretty impressive strategies sometimes and you know it, it doesn't go unnoticed even when I'm racing the GT class you know you, you see what's happening up front and they they really have a good game, um, so you yeah, have to be to be in in with Action Express and Wheelin and Engineering. It's um, an absolute honour, honestly, to, to to be to be with them. But um, th- things just started to happen after Le Mans. Really, um, it was a, a crying shame what happened with us at, at Corvette. Um, but that's racing, you know. I'm sure many people have got those stories to, to tell. But it does hurt when you're in a win- winning position. Um, but yeah, I think the the way, I, I guess, you it, it seemed that Action Express needed to to find a second driver alongside Pipo. Um, the guys at Corvette, obviously, the, the GM people were there for, for for Corvette at Le Mans, and maybe were aware of the situation. I think Chris Mitchell was at Le Mans watching. Yeah, he was. Um, and, yeah, I guess the, the first few people probably said no, and then I was the guy who said yes. <laughs> <Well, laughs> I <I'm> have no idea.
1: <laughs> the thing that I that just came to my mind is, do you think that your performance in Le Mans with Corvette had anything to do with you getting this drive? Because prior to the crash, your drive was phenomenal.
17: Um, well, I mean, I was just, just doing my thing. and, and but, but, yeah, we, we were certainly fast. Um, I would guess that it had... Um, it attributed towards the, the, the opportunity coming about because, yeah, literally, like, two days after Le Mans, we had a phone call. So, um, yeah, it, the, the deal got done pretty quickly, to be honest. Uh, it was, as, as I said, I was, I was trying to just, you know, get back to GT racing was, was I, what what I was expecting having decided to, to leave Formula E. Um, and, yeah, then they... they called me about this opportunity and i was like well, okay hang on a second i didn't quite anticipate going into those fast cars uh having not driven any any prototypes for close to 10 years now i think um but i mean I've, I've done single seaters and stuff in the meantime done some formula 3 testing and things which are not a million miles away but still you know it was probably four or five years ago um and so yeah a little bit daunting to to get back into fast cars but thankfully i, I got i got a half-day testing the the DPI car just for them to, I guess, assess me and just check that they weren't going crazy. And
1: And how was that, driving that beast?
17: Yeah, well, that was at Road Atlanta, and thankfully I knew knew the track well, but it's a different thing in in a DPI car compared to a GTE. And, uh, yeah, thankfully it all started to come back to me pretty quickly, but... um, yeah it was it was a really impressive car really impressive it's just something feeling downforce feeling the effects of downforce and the high grip and the high speed corners it's uh, something that i'd missed for yeah as i said probably five years so uh, it was it was nice to feel it again
1: does it help when you've got a big opportunity like that to go to a track at which you famously won petit Le Mans in 2017 you got that card in your wallet and think yeah i've, I've won here before i can handle it
17: um i mean, I guess it definitely helps when you go to a track and you just know the, the I guess, the, the driving philosophy for all the different corners, you know, you know where to drive it in hard on the brakes and gain time there, or f- to focus on the exit, or to try and run the speed through the corner, you know, you know you've got a, a general understanding of, of, of how to, to drive fast around there, but still, I mean... It's something I inevitably do throughout my entire career, continuously to question myself as to whether you're doing the right thing, whether you need to adapt for the certain conditions and things, and to get into such a different speed of car, you know, high high power but high grip. Um, Thankfully, things worked out in Atlanta. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a constant learning process this season, you know. I'm up up, um, alongside Pipo who's got great experience and, you know, I I raced him back in my Formula 3 days um, and he's been doing prototypes pretty much ever since and so I'm able to have a guy next to me that I can learn from throughout the entire year. So, yeah, looking forward to it.
1: And you guys are both similar drivers, as in you're quiet outside of the car and you do your talking when you're behind the wheel. Is is that going to help the team as a whole, trying to get back to championship form? Um,
17: That's not something I've thought a whole lot about to be honest, um, in terms of our personalities, I mean you know we just need to do our talking on the track that's that's the the only important thing really when it when it, when you boil it down um, yeah i mean I, I think you know the, the the core of the team is still just the same you know they, they've they've held on to the personnel for a long time, which I think is a great um, great sign that, that you know that the team works well together and has it has its strengths in in experiences as, as much as I'd say well from what I understand at any team on the grid pretty much um and so yeah I think it's just going to be important for us to to work together for yeah honestly for me to try and learn from people throughout the year try and get up to speed as quickly as possible at each of the tracks um so that we can be in a, yeah, a strong position at, at every race
1: won't be long till you guys are winning. Thanks, Alexander. Good luck this year.
17: Thanks, Chef. Fingers crossed.
1: Daytona has a lot of cars in the GTP class that are gaining a lot of attention. But one of the ones that's not really on the radar but should be is the Cadillac that is blue on the front of it. I've heard a lot of people talking about the one with yellow, one with red. But the blue, it's only here for one reason, and that's to win. Richard Westbrook yeah. and Earl Bamber teaming up with Alexander Lynn in this 02 machine Rick I'll start with you this is a race that you have won once before you know how difficult it is and particularly with the new car but what is the appeal to keep coming back to this particular race is it just the watch oh god
18: it's so nice to come back here and not worry about points because there's always there's always two mindsets coming into Daytona one you don't want to screw up your season Mm -hmm. by having a bad finish and just be playing catch-up for the rest of the year which can be so difficult the way the IMSA points works but on the other side of the coin, you wanna you wanna win that watch, definitely. And it's not everyone talks about the watch. It's not the watch. Um, it's you know it's winning the biggest sports car racing in the um, That's the important thing. And you know I thought it was all about the watch, but when we got the watch, although I love the watch and I've cherished it's probably the best possession I have. Um, it's no one can take away for the fact that you are a Daytona winner, and it's. You know, it's up there with Le Mans now. um, And I've seen it grown over the last 15 years. Um, It's just got bigger and bigger in the field that we're seeing. You always think it can't get better, but it it just seems to. And this year having 10 cars in the top class is going to be awesome. Pinching myself. (laughs)
1: It is a dream come true to get to race anything at Daytona. Coming back as a race winner, you get the picture taken on the podium, having won the race before. There's a lot of fanfare by people who know you because of that. Do you still find yourself longing for the days where it was just part of a season, or are you relieved now? Because, as you said, you don't have to worry about the points. You got one goal.
18: I still feel like the person that came here in... 2007 i'd never really even been to a sports car race before i'd just been doing Porsche super cup and then someone told me i was doing daytona 24 hours in a Porsche and it was like oh, well that sounds cool and um you know just that that lovely just naivety that um just going into something and i still just feel like that in a way because you don't know what's around the corner um, this, this race throws out everything, particularly this year. I mean, last year you can say, oh yeah, the Acura is really good at Daytona or, um, you know, the BMW is going to be really strong in GT. Um, this year in the top class, we have no idea. Um, so it is going into that unknown and, um, yeah, you know can't even remember what the question was (laughs) Um, I'm waffling along but yeah I mean it is you know just still that same mindset just not knowing what's around the corner and that's uh, so I never come into Daytona thinking oh yeah I've won it before you know I know how it's going to pan out I know I can take that experience I still take the same mindset as what like I did back in 2007
1: Earl, it was a similar start for you at this race. Just coming in, not really knowing what you were getting into, driving a Porsche in the lowest GT class. Did you ever think that you would be debuting a new prototype in the top class, going for the overall win at Daytona?
19: No, I mean, to be honest, no. Because I was just a kid coming from Super Cup and uh, you know, just taking chances and opportunities. So you know, to That's be able to, say, yeah, you it's know, insane. to to think that spent time at the the absolute highest echelon of the sport um, and sports car racing is you know a dream come true for any driver um, and you know now to be in a great moment in time with a new era with a lot of cars on the grid a lot of manufacturers some of the best drivers in the world I think it's going to be really exciting times both here in IMSA and in WEC not just this year but for many years to come you know when you look at the grid for the Honda I'm sure there's going to be 17 cars and you know uh, we talked about that in GTLM days or uh, GTE Pro days that well wow, this we won't see for a long time and now we see it a couple of years later so you know I was part of that and the racing was absolutely phenomenal you know you're, char- you're challenging yourself against the best drivers in the world the best teams in the world and you know like any of those cars could possibly win and it's probably even more of a challenge than Formula 1 sometimes because in Formula 1 you only race like two cars um, yeah. but there you race any of the 17 could win, you know, and that's sort of here. Is any of those 10 cars could win at any moment in time. So it's a real challenge, and it's what we come back here every year is to try and get one of those Rolexes.
1: You guys raced each other so hard for so long, Rick. You and yeah. a Ford, earlier and a Porsche. That was some of the best GTLM days that we ever saw were the two of you going up against each other. Strange to now share a car? Um, no, because I kind of like, I
18: feel like we've come been raised in similar backgrounds yeah. uh, we both got someone in common that ran us in the super cup uh axel plankenhorn same, who, engineer. Uh, same oh, wow. engineer so you know we were both brought up by axel and axel's one of those engineers he's uh he's quite old now but he's uh i don't know he's the kind of guy that once you work with him and if he likes you you stay in contact uh, with him for the rest of your life and he really likes her and he really likes me and um you know he's he's really close to me, Axel, and uh, he's always told me about Earl coming up. saying that Earl reminded him of me when. Um, so I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel strange, but obviously I've been hit by Earl enough in GT racing as most people have. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know. It feels like I've in a way that I've worked with Earl before, even though I haven't. Um, and he was always someone I got on well with in the paddock. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a seamless fit, let
1: say. Working with this new car with the hybrid technology, it obviously changes race cars as we know them. Earl, you've got some experience, the 919, back winning Le Mans. There was more of a hybrid technology there than what we've had over here in DPI. So does it feel closer to that car, perhaps, than it does to the Cadillac you drove last year?
19: Um, I mean, the hybrid one's an interesting thing. Um, it's a new challenge for all the teams and all the manufacturers, obviously. Um, but it's a, it's more of a standard unit. So, you know, back then it was full development. Um, a big amount of our power was from it. Rather right here, it's like, uh, I would say a lot of, of our power is still from the IC engine. But you still face the same challenges. Reliability is a big challenge. Um, using it in the right way braking is a big thing with obviously brake by wire now is a huge thing for everyone to learn and it's everyone's still learning day by day by day and I think if we had like another couple months or maybe a year um, we would use up all that time to learn it but it's a good time to pull the Band-Aid off and go racing. And yeah. we're going to see what everyone's got now. But it's also going to continue to progress because that is one of the elements that's unhomologated. Mm-hmm. is the the software of that. So we're going to be able to keep developing. We're going to be able to keep working on it. And I think it's going to be an interesting thing over the next coming years is how that goes. Mm-hmm.
1: Rick, got to ask about the beer. I've seen yeah, uh, all yeah. over Instagram. How, yeah. How's that going?
18: It's good. I love it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's something, you know, I really find it useful to like, have something else because I've all I've always only had racing, and um, so rather than just getting you know coming back from a race and then calling Brad up from the, yeah. the four days and just like you know why didn't we win you know and just like kicking yourself and um, you know worrying about the next race now I can just switch off and focus on something that I feel really passionate about and. Um, you know I, c- I can't wait to bring it to the states so you're gonna have to be patient on that one yes please i will be <laughs>
1: patient and you mentioned brad so i've got to ask yeah. about that brad goldberg your engineer with the ford gt won the indy 500 this past year were yeah. you the loud scream i heard from england as uh, marcus yeah, Ericsson crossed I the was, line
18: i was the whole family were my kids love brad um, you know he used to come and save us uh, when we we're at le mans I'd, i i love that having that relationship with uh, um you know with an engineer and um They were so cool those days, and uh, looking forward to having that all over again with this uh, Cadillac project.
1: I wish you both the best of luck, Uh, Rick, getting another Rolex Earl, getting your first, and let's see what happens in the next couple weeks.
18: Cool. Cheers, Shane.
1: There's a lot of excitement around Corvette racing because there's going to be a new car sitting on display in the paddock during the 24. But Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor, you don't really care about what's coming next year right now because you want to win a watch this year a super competitive GTD Pro Class. And Jordan, you know most of the people you're racing against. Does that make it any easier for you?
20: Uh, I mean, yes and no. You know a lot of their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, there are some new cars coming this year, so that's a big question mark for us. I think we're one of the only cars coming back for a second year, so we kind of know where we stack up. IMSA kind of knows where we stack up from a BOP perspective, so we're hoping to have a good, fair fight this year at Daytona. Last year was definitely a big struggle for us. We were way off the pace so uh yeah we're hoping to kind of hit the ground running this week um start on the right foot and you know hopefully be in the hunt come you know Sunday afternoon
1: you're down 35 kilo from when you ran here last year that's substantial I mean the rest of the BOP it kind of matches petite but normally there's a Daytona specific so are you guys feeling stronger based on your performance at petite coming into Daytona where it wasn't great
20: uh, yeah, it's definitely different. I think we've got a smaller restrictor, more weight, uh, less wing than last year. So Daytona last year was purely power and, and speed and top speed for us. So hopefully the lower wing, less drag will be somewhat advantageous. But I think adding the weight and um, the restrictor is definitely not helpful in that respect. So last year was definitely a struggle when you're kind of battling some guys that you're not used to battling towards the back of the pack. So uh, we've definitely done a lot of work in the off season, the guys have on simulation to kind of maximize what we have. And yeah, from an execution point of view for for Corvette racing, the guys always do an amazing job in the pits with strategy. So from that aspect, there's no worries. It's just kind of getting the speed out of the car to to be competitive.
1: Antonio, the last time you drove with Tommy, it was a win at Le Mans back in 2011, wasn't it? So you guys are used to winning. It it should be simple. Yeah,
21: that's it. I mean, I I take that. the last big race I won with him was that one so it's, now is a good time to win a big, a big one with him again here at Daytona 24 so that will be perfect So still, we don't know where we, where we will be but for sure having Tommy back is, is great I've been fighting him for over 10 years now and <laughs> now he's one less guy that I need to think about so now he's in our team and let's see let's see, let's see how it goes only one Corvette, and so it's all out against the the rest of the competition basically
1: it's still family though, and it's a group that you know so well and this day, media day, you come back here, you get a new fire suit, but you get to see all your friends is is it a happy day for you
6: yeah
21: I mean you 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 feel that you are going back into the same routine somehow of the year, so Daytona has been my first race for for a few years now, and that's it. so yeah, you, you get on on the actual or the the regular schedule. So that's the Thursday. Now we are not racing again on on Sunday, but this on the roar. But pretty much everything fits the same way. So the most important thing is that we need to work towards next Saturday, Sunday, and let's see. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm actually. I need to know or I want to know where we are actually and and from that point we just need to work and be as competitive and prepared as possible for next weekend.
1: That's kind of the pattern of Corvette racing, just being prepared though and I think, Jordan, there, was your last race with Tommy the one at Le Mans, too? Or yeah, was there one in between? 16.
20: 16. We did Le Mans together, which wasn't very memorable. But 15 <laughs> was a good one to remember. I don't so, think everyone remembers 16. Uh, yeah. I forgot we blocked that one out. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what I'm hearing from you guys is there's a tradition of doing a 24-hour race and winning when Tommy's in the car. That That's pretty good.
20: Yeah, it would be nice to get one as a trio all together. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching when they won Le Mans. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Antonio and I finished second in Le Mans, I think, two two times together. Uh, too many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ones that we probably forget as well and just block out of our minds. So, yeah, the win in 15 yeah. with, with Tommy was super special. Yeah. 16 we all forget about. But, yeah, yeah. it would be nice to get one, all three of us together.
1: Well, Tommy, I'll bring you into this since you wandered over to the table of willing victim. You spent the last year not doing IMSA. And yeah. you had a lot of success in the WEC, and congratulations on that. But coming back, so we feel like you're coming home.
22: Uh, yeah, it does. Um, it doesn't feel like I missed last year, honestly. Um, I, mean, I was here for Daytona, obviously, so this all feels normal. Um, it was a little bit weird last year, for sure, to watch your team, essentially, racing you know, without you. And I'm sure they probably had a similar feeling as well, watching us race over, over there. So, um, no, nah, it's cool. It's awesome to be back here um, at Daytona especially, um, but excited to do uh, Sebring and Petit as well with these guys so uh they had hopefully last year was their uh less than fun less than yeah one sebring oh that's not too bad realistically that's nothing to sniff no that's not (laughs) so uh yeah you know looking forward to uh some, some some good
1: races here with these guys so, you guys won Sebring last year. Would you take the Daytona and Petit wins this year? Do a sort of Meyer Shank racing? Yeah, no, he'll and take yep. yeah. so
7: will take Petit over
21: So will Tommy. Goes. Yes. Have you not won Petit? No. Oh, oh shoot. Yeah. Is all you now. What's the yeah, yeah, you need to make it a <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, not me being the team. <laughs>
1: uh, well, guys, good luck here in Daytona and good luck throughout the course of the season. Thank you. Thank you. Mauro Engel knows how to win the Daytona 24 Hours having done it a couple of years ago but now you're in not for just Daytona not just Sebring Petit as well and uh, am I out of place saying Watkins Glen too?
23: Um, Yeah it's definitely exciting to to be doing the IMSA Michelin Endurance Cup Um, we have a great lineup a great team obviously a well-known and great car so uh, you know really really excited for the the year ahead. and try and have a strong showing in the endurance races, and obviously hopefully uh, give Danny and Jules the best opportunity and, and the WeatherTech Racing team to go for the overall championship.
1: This is a different road for WeatherTech Racing to go down, obviously running in the pro-pro car with two pro-factory drivers full-time. For you, as a full pro-factory driver coming in as the third driver, is it a different feeling?
23: Uh, to be honest, we, you know, we had the same lineup here in Daytona last year, so it really feels... Nice and familiar, and, and you know we had a really strong showing until we unfortunately had to retire the car. So it kind of feels like you know we have unfinished business from last year, and we're building up on on the experience we gained last year. So um, you know, it feels really positive. Uh, I know Cooper is taking a bit bit of a step back uh, for the for the rest of the season with with you know focusing more on, on the business side of things for him um, and, and the sporting side in terms of running the team. But um, I think it's great. It's uh, it's a great it's a great car and a great opportunity uh we're being given here by by WeatherTech racing to go for you know one of the one of the overall best sports cars championships there are so uh i think it's an exciting it's an exciting season ahead and, and we're definitely looking forward to it
1: what race are you looking forward to the most uh, well,
23: daytona obviously you know <laughs> it's hard it's hard to, to beat on this side of the the atlantic it's it's the race that everyone wants to win having tasted success uh, i definitely want to win it again it's uh, it's a special race, special feeling, and obviously it being the first race of the year as well is, is it, it adds to the excitement, but it makes things a little bit more difficult because you know throughout the year you you, you sort of things get you know run a little bit smoother. So here you're you're, you're challenged to make things run perfectly from from the get go. Um, but yeah, Daytona is definitely the one.
1: What is it about this race that draws you back in?
23: The history, the the myth. Um, just a special place um i'd lie if i'd say you know it's it's the most exciting track um it is challenging it's not easy but it is the the, the challenge the myth the the history of the event uh, all that combined and obviously here you know the race is never over until the end of the race so uh you know if that goes for any race in the world and it def- definitely goes for here for daytona 24 um that anything can happen so you know it, it makes it a really exciting race
1: is it the appeal that you're never out of it Because safety cars and getting laps back, does that help?
23: Yeah, for sure. You know, you kind of catch yourself uh, looking at opponents, and you know, whenever someone hits trouble, you're like, oh yeah, okay, they're out. And then you're like, hold on a second, this is Daytona; they're not out. You know, (laughs) they might be five laps down, but they're not out. They might be back on the lead lap at the end, and who knows? So, you know, um, you can never count anyone out. Um, And with such a strong quality field, it you know, it makes for one of the big highlights of the year.
1: Thanks, Morrow. Good luck. Cheers, thank you. A year ago. We were sat in this very room, and Tom Blomqvist was a little bit nervous about the upcoming IMSA season, not sure what to expect. Uh, coming into a Rolex 24 at Daytona, went on to win that. Went on to, uh, oh, yeah, win the DPI championship in Petit Le Mans. Last year, all in all, it was a pretty good year, wasn't it?
13: Yeah, I definitely feel a bit more swagger, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it, it was a fantastic year. Um, I mean, I couldn't have obviously hoped for anything more, um, you know we won two races in my opinion two of the the biggest ones um and obviously the the championship as well which which was surreal uh so i can't really thank you know team enough as well because i think um it was just such a team effort and we all just got on super well you know mike um jim everyone you know put a lot of faith in me and and thankfully I was able also to, you know, reward them and do the, give it my best, and, and, you know, that was thankfully enough to, to try and, you know, deliver some strong performances here and there and, and in the end of the championship. So, uh, you know, obviously it's not without saying that, you know, Ollie was a fantastic teammate as well, and um, although he's not here with us this year, you know, at least he's here. Um, but, yeah, this year is going to be a, is a whole new ball game. So, like, I can't even tell you. Um, but I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. I think we have a good car. I think we have a fast car. Uh, But this is the first time we're going to try and attempt 24 hours of continuous running. So uh, I think there's a lot of unknowns up and down that pit lane. I think if you ask everyone, no one really knows. So I think that's exciting in a way because there's so much anticipation. But it's also nerve-wracking. Like, like, we don't know if we're going to go to the end. We don't know if we're going to, you know... But I'm, I'm confident that, you know, the guys have done a really good job with, with our car. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's some areas, obviously, that are also outside our control in some aspects. So, hey, we just got to keep our fingers and toes crossed and, and do everything we can to ensure that, you know, there's no mess-ups on our side. And then we'll see what happens.
1: There's a lot of unknowns, but there's a lot of knowns, too. Coming back with Shank Racing for another year, Elio and Simon back in the car with you for another year. But now... And I don't really know how this works. Are you the elder statesman being the driver with more experience with the team? Because Colin Brown has history with MSR, and he's got a lot of MSR experience.
13: Yeah, he does. I mean, I think that's he's a great addition to the team because he comes with so much uh, experience racing out here, especially in Imser and he knows everyone. And he, he also knows my engineer, our engineer uh, from Years Gone By. So that you know, he's able to been able to slot into the team very easily, uh, which which makes life so much better. Um, but yeah, I guess me being there, kind of you know, last year through this whole program and, and you know, getting the results we got. Um, yeah i don 't know but we 're working we 're working well together, so uh, that 's what 's important. Um, hopefully, I can continue the performances from last year and, and, and achieve the same here again with this this new car and together with colin and, and yeah I think the team 's been you know busting their backsides off all you know the second half of last year and over the, over the Christmas over the winter and uh yeah time will tell
1: super hard question for you would you rather do what you did last year win the first and last race in the championship or win all the races in between and not the championship or any of the races in between but not the championship
13: uh no no I, I would rather I would rather win I'd put this race in and what we did last year first, if yes. that was the option. by a hundred percent. I'd then put this race and no other race. Fair, fair. Second. And then I would put win every other race on the calendar but yeah. the tw- about but Daytona, sebring and Atlanta and no championship, I'd hundred percent just rather win this race.
1: <laughs> what is it about this race that's captured you? It's,
13: I don't know, it's cool. It's like the biggest one of the year. It's it's famous, it's you know you get a watch that's pretty cool um i think you know there's so many people at this race there's so many like obviously it's got the highest grid count generally for the year it's 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 the first one of the season like it's it's just and normally it kicks off the racing calendar for the year so it's it's cool
1: good luck again year,
13: you i appreciate it thank you so much
1: if you haven't heard about the bus bros yet, then you've been living under a rock. And if you haven't heard that they are both making their IMSA and Rolex debuts, then, uh, well, welcome to the party. Joseph Newgarden, finally in IMSA competition and sports car racing. Scott McLaughlin, welcome back to sports car racing yeah. and multi-class GT.
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah, I, last time I was in a, in a race like this was Bathurst 12-hour uh, in a McLaren. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited to see what a prototype feels like in a 24-hour race.
1: It's a different experience, too, Joseph. I know you're not used to people passing you because you're typically at the front of the field in IndyCar, but now you're going to have these GTP cars flying past. It's a very different experience.
22: Yeah, totally. I, you know, I, and the rules are slightly different this year. You know, I think the LMP2s now are, are probably going to be quicker under braking, quicker in cornering than the GTPs, but GTPs are going to be fast in the straights. So I, I think even the way they navigate us and vice versa is going to be a, a challenge. Um, and then you have the other classes loaded into it as well. So it, it's a new journey for me. I'm excited to do it with Scott. You know, it's been a long time coming. Um, been trying to run this event. So we're just, we're having a blast. We haven't even started and we're having a blast. So yeah, I can't wait to, to get stuck in. And we're competitive. We want to do well. So we're trying to you know, make sure we're as dialed in as we can be.
1: Have you guys watched any old versions of this race to try and understand what it's going to be like? Because I'm thinking in particular, middle of the night, it is so cold, no tire warmers, no advantage, you come out of the pits, and it's insanity, basically.
0: Oh, look, we've both watched this race for many years. Uh, I've, I've always have a competition with myself to see how long I can stay up. You know, I, I, I love it, and, and the coverage is just getting better and better each year with NBC, Peacock, and whatnot. So, um, But now to be a part of it is exciting. Um, I said before, like, I really want to do a night race, but I'm sort of a night stint. Um, but I, I, you know, sometimes you don't want to, you know, wish bad on yourself either because it's also, you know, that's a very tough stint, so a lot of responsibility. But you know, it's it's um, certainly exciting to be a part of it all, see it firsthand, like how big this event is and how many teams come. Like walking down the Imsa Paddock, it's just it's crazy. Like you get, you, don't, you don't know anyone. There's got people in races you don't really know, and, and um, but yeah,
22: it's a, a new experience and a great way to kick start our year.
1: Have it for you, Joseph. You watched the race before?
22: Oh yeah, many times. I'm like Scott. You know, the coverage has become so good now with with Peacock. You can watch the whole thing, um, and then yeah, it turns into just turns into like how how far can you survive? You know, staying up <laughs> to, to root people on. Um, but it's fun when you have you know when you have teammates to cheer for. Like for us being on Team Penske, you know, having having that group of individuals to, to cheer on is, is always exciting. So, you know, during the Acura days, it was it was exciting to watch. And so even this year, like for me, I feel like I'm here partly as a competitor and partly as a, a, f- a fan or a teammate to, to our team and, and watching the, the Porsche program that's going to be coming up. So, you know, I, I love it. I've, I've always wanted to be a part of it, um, look back at some races, try to remember everything that I can about what you need to do right, and we'll try and apply it.
1: Is it going to be hard not only to remember to not stop in the Penske pit box but then to have a really really small pit box compared to what you're used to?
22: Yeah, the sizing is is interesting. You know, I it, that's all the stuff that I think we need to get our head around is just the intricacies and the differences to you know, IndyCar racing, like the the way you turn the car on, the way you formulate a pit stop, you know, what's the procedure for getting in and out of the car? Like it's it's the simple stuff that you wouldn't think would be difficult is is what can catch you out. You know, I think the hard bit, like driving the car fast and, you know, getting the most out of it and understanding the tires and traffic. Like, I think we could sort that out a lot easier, but it's just the procedural stuff. Like, all the unknowns, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to get my head around. So, um, yeah, if we can get that right, then I think we'll be okay.
1: Driver changes—something you've done in racing before, mm-hmm. uh, in supercars, and then of course in Bathurst. Mm. But this is a very different cockpit. How yes. difficult has that been to adapt to?
0: Well, we haven't done any practice yet, but oh. I've been jumping in, um, jumping in and out of the car yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty tight fit, mm-hmm. and especially for like we're we're not the smallest people, but we're not the biggest either. But it's still quite tough. Um, but yeah, like we're not using an insert, me and Joseph, so it makes it a little bit easier for us kiffin and john will probably use an insert make it a little bit different for them but um yeah it's interesting but it's, it's something that like you, you can practice that we can do that one you know twice a day like just have to do little walkthroughs and figure it out and you know, like i said I've, I've got experience on that so you know not to rush things and it's just sort of take your time with it we've got 40 seconds now so it's a, it's a long time to do it where in supercars it was you had to do it in like 11 12 seconds so it was um it's a bit more high pace, but nice to have that experience for sure
1: Now, when you guys were approached to do this race, did you happen to notice that the team you signed up with was the championship-winning LMP2 team? That had to sway some things.
22: Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, I think that made it exciting. You know, this is a great team. You know, I think it's a small group, but everyone's very passionate and dedicated. And, uh, you know, we've been speaking a lot. You know, there's, there's definitely a high level of respect for the competition. There's a lot of talent within this specific class. But, you know, I think being a part of the defending champions is, is a very exciting position to be in. So we, we we feel good about the opportunity that's been given to us. It's it's been a great opportunity, you know, we're very thankful for it.
0: And they nearly won this race last year too. Yeah. they, they were very close. So um you know, we hope hopefully we can uh you know help them get to that position again and, and maybe go one better.
1: What's the part of the race they're most excited for actually participating in it for the first time? You've seen it on T V, you know what happens. I don't
0: know. I think it's just I'm just excited for like the traffic and 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 navigating through that in the heat of a battle, I think that's that's a challenge and that's part of it. But yeah, really, I think I enjoy that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun.
22: Yeah, I just I've I've always loved the race part of a uh, IndyCar weekend. You know, there's a lot to it. I mean, some people enjoy practice; it's a little bit more low key. And then you know, qualifying is its own you know challenge. But then the race is the race is like all about putting it all together, like mm-hmm completely and you just have an extension of that now like it's there's just there's a lot you've got to put together and i think the challenge of you know to scott's point like being able to maximize traffic running and all that and not just in one part of it but across the entire distance that's that's what the challenge of it is right it's 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 a lot that you have to get right um and i once you're in it like it's it becomes so intense and in a fun way and i I think that's going to be really thrilling
1: all right, final stint comes of the race. It's down to one of you two to get in the car, battling for the watch. How are you going to decide? Oh,
22: whoever's oh. faster. Yeah. <laughs> ma- does, honestly, like if Scott's quicker, I'll be like, dude, go get yeah. it. Like it doesn't matter. I, I think either one of us, we know we can do a good job, and
0: that's probably the the cool thing—the confidence we have in each other. I think it's like just
22: one or the other, and hopefully, we get the good goods at the end of it. I, I mean, I, if anything, I just feel confident having such a good shoe next to me. Like, honestly, no ego. Like it doesn't matter at this. In this type of situation, it's about maximizing each other. Mm. And if he's a couple of times quicker and feels more confident, then I'd be like, dude, if, if, if I did my job to help us stay there, then I would want him to go win it. And if it's the other way around, then okay, I'll go do it. It doesn't matter, at least to me. Yeah, yeah I agree.
1: <laughs> thanks, guys. The bromance is real. Uh, yeah. Good luck in the Rolex. <laughs> All right, thanks. Well, the clouds are just starting to roll in as the sun is setting. And that means that media day, yep, we survived it. It is once again over. Tomorrow, it's time not for the drivers, but the cars to do the talking. And we'll be bringing you live coverage on IMSA Radio all throughout the weekend. Don't forget, qualifying for the 61st running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona taking place on Sunday afternoon. We've got two races with the debut of the VP Challenge. That's going to be LMP3 and GSX cars, GT4 cars. Single driver format, bronze and some silver drivers, but... Tune in later to hear more about that and, of course, Michelin Pilot Challenge testing as well as other tech for the Rolex. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today as we catch up with some old friends, meet some new ones, and get ready for the 2023 season. So on behalf of IMSO Radio, I'm Shay Haddam. Thanks for listening.
0: This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check IMSAradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.